Alright, this is Jared and Daigle with Metal Speak. We're here with Darrow from Fair to Midland. Once again, for the third time this year. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> How's it going? You almost be crazy to keep having me back. <laughs> it's good practice for me, though. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Totally, dude. Thank you. are most oft. We almost kind of consider you guys our house band at this point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we, we need somewhere to call home. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys are out on the road with Aficionado and Dead Letter Circus. Right. How's the tour going so far? It's going good. They're both awesome bands. And, I mean, I don't, don't want to say different from what we do, but have their own place. And it's a, it's still rock, but it's a, it's a little more eclectic. And, you know, it's not all metal and shit like that. So it's nice. It's, yeah. They're both, yeah, like I say, not to give the old cliche answer. And they are, since like, really, really good bands. It was actually kind of weird. We uh, we were talking earlier this year that we thought it would be great to see you guys out on the road with yeah. LC. So it's kind of weird that that came together. It was Two Australian like, bands within the year, right? Yeah. Yeah, seriously, within like uh, within like a week or two of us talking about it on the on the podcast, uh, the announcement came out of the tour, and we we're like, dude, people like reading our minds or something. <laughs> like we were just talking about how awesome it would be. <laughs> I was yeah, in disbelief, really. Like I saw it, and I was like, "I can't." Am I really saying this? Like, <laughs> they breed great musicians over there, and good vocalists too. That band is a tight, tight band. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's good. It's so good. I geeked out so bad. Yeah. Really. Which is crazy, cause like he's a he's one of like the biggest metalheads I know. Right. And I've never seen him get that much into a show as as he did with Dead Letter Circus. Really. I mean, he was just like you know just jumping around, just like. <laughs> You know, it says a lot about them, you know. For yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll have to tell them that, too. They'll give you a big hug. Oh, yeah, during the interview. I geeked out during the interview pretty bad. I was asking for another one because I'm still a little embarrassed by You could have him take over for you. Yeah. He's kind of there. He's going to and giggle. Yep. Right. He's The tour's going okay? Yeah, it's going okay. Other than, like, just... You know, trying to stay well. And <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, it's going good. I mean, turnouts are pretty decent. Um, everybody gets along really well, and they're all really fun, good, honest people to be around. Yeah. You know, I can't complain. We've always been lucky as far as it comes to touring with bands like that. Yeah. So, and this tour is no exception. What's the best stop been so far? The stop, best stop been so far? Um, I mean, the Troubadour was packed in Los Angeles. Um, Sacramento and Mesa did okay. Um, it's all, I mean, the only one that w didn't go well was Bakersfield, but it's Bakersfield. Like, there's not really shit for venues there, and we, we've only been through there maybe. That's maybe the second time we've ever played there, so we didn't expect much. Yeah, just played like a biker bar. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. But that's really been the only show that. I was just like, Jesus, I'd just rather save my voice. Really? <laughs> well, speaking of your voice and climate, you mentioned climate. Do you, um, when you're up in altitudes like here, does, do you feel like it affects your voice at all? Or like being able to hold, you know, hold those long notes? And yeah, stuff? absolutely. And it affects it. And what sucks is it affects the thing that everybody wants to hear, and that's my high register. That's always <laughs> the first thing to go. Really? So, and that's always the first thing people pitch about. Oh, you right. can do the high stuff. That's always the first thing. I do everything I can. I wear, like, I've taken to wearing masks. I mean, I know you'll probably see me wear those face masks. Those, I wear those oh. masks all the time, and I just smother the inside of them with vapor rub. Oh, yeah. And I wear that all the time. I suck up on cough drops and drink throat coat and do anything and everything I can. But 
when you go through so many different climates and you're meeting so many different people and I don't know, you're not sleeping and you drink and smoke. I mean, it's just an inevitable. Yeah. It's going to happen. You're going to get sick. Yeah. And I drink and smoke a lot. So <laughs> it doesn't help. Yeah. But we'll see. Sometimes I can bust through it and the adrenaline helps. Yeah. Well, I, um, you know, I just, I'll just mention to you, uh, the first time I saw you guys, I was actually borderline whether or not I wanted to go because it was when you played with Periphery in Colorado Springs. Okay. And, like, I just, for whatever reason, hadn't really gotten into Periphery. And I, I, I heard your CD, and I was, like, I'm impressed with the songwriting, but, like... No, you, you can give it to me straight. Well, I will. Like, like the, the vocal delivery, like, it, it was different where I just, like, I guess I didn't get it at first. Yeah. Some so people turn off. Yeah, well, and and, and um and I was, so I was borderline on whether I wanted to come to not, and then and I did, and I'm so glad I did because when you guys started like just right out of the gate, I looked at him and I was like, is this the same band I was listening to? Because like the energy level was so high, and I love that. I always think that's the best part about a live band Absolutely. is a band that actually puts a show on. Right. You know? Um. So I was, you know, I was sold from that moment on, and I thought you hit I. So I've seen you twice in Colorado Springs, and I, th- I thought you fit everything. I, I, well, I can't complain about any, any thank you. of your thank performance. You. So Yeah, I know it's an acquired taste. And everybody always says it's because <laughs> the vocals, too. I think the instrumentation's always been good and all that. That's always there. But I think it's my vocals that are kind of like... Well, and it's unique. And that's, you know, like, so, that, that, I mean, like, again, my first impression was just kind of like, I guess I just didn't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad I saw you guys live because it just won me over completely. And uh, when... Um, when anchors arrows and anchors came out dude right. i just could not stop listening to it awesome. i was like god damn it these the music you guys write is just so incredible oh, thank you it's been a um, long time. i i think uh, actually i think jared talked to um some of the other guys about this before but um uh amarillo sleeps on my pillow mm-hmm. um can you kind of talk more about like how you guys came up with that because it's so like it's just Literally so or instrumentally I'll, I'll tell you instrumentally i'll tell you anything man because okay. Instrumentally, uh, that's when I, I, I wrote that one. <laughs> I wrote all, all that one. And um, it started out with uh, just, I had that fiddle part, like, saved away a long time ago. And knew I wanted to write, like, a bluegrass, heavy rock song. And um, so I had the fiddle part. I started trying to learn how to play banjo, which I'm still not very good at. But I was like, I'll go ahead and see if I can wing it. I mean, it's worked for tons of other musicians, and you know just being resourceful so I uh, wrote this small little easy banjo part to it and had that as the intro and I sat with that forever just totally lost and didn't know how to make, turn that into a rock song and I had that intro and then um, I, I was sitting in my bedroom uh, with my 8-track in front of me on the bed and started playing on acoustic guitar and playing with tunings and stuff like I always do and came up with that riff to go over that kind of metal-esque riff I don't know I mean, yeah, I don't no, know how all that those metal genres now work. Right? That <laughs> heavy riff, whatever yeah, the yeah. fuck you want to call it's it. Heavy, yeah. <laughs> and um, and it worked with the uh, the banjo and string part. And um, um, I had the bass part and the drum part that, for the verses, but I didn't have a guitar part. But I had a general idea of what I wanted and because I'm not that good. I kind of told Cliff, and then he kind of came oh, up okay. with a little something. But everything else was already written. I mean, the the chorus and the chorus came really easy. All I did was bass that. I just, it's the same chord progression the whole yeah. way through. And I and I tried to do that. I did the same thing with Dance of the Manatee when I wrote that one. I wanted to try to find, there's tons of badass pop songs yeah. uh, and progressive songs, any any kind of songs that uh, just repeat the same chord progression. So I just 
I'm always trying to find interesting ways to where people don't pick up on it. Yeah. Like, you don't hear that it's the same chord progression right. basically all the way throughout, but that's all it is. And I just experimented with trying to do that. It's interesting you said it on bluegrass because that's one of the things I love so much about that song is it's just like the, it's, it's very eclectic. I feel like everybody I've talked to about it hears something different. Like, to me, I kind of hear more of like a westerny thing. Right. But my wife hears like, um, like an Irish, you know, feel to I could, it. Yeah. You know what I Which mean? Which I love, I, I love uh, like traditional Celtic. Bluegrass and I think traditional Celtic music are a lot of, uh, really akin to each other. Like, yeah. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm brain fart like that all the time. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we've gotten spaghetti western too. Like it's got a sp- spaghetti western yeah. to it too, especially yeah. the bridge with the little yeah. one string guitar part. Yeah, super catchy stuff, man. Really good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was a hard one to write. Yeah. Took a while, but it's done. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> um, other speaking of other songs, um, I think we got to talk to Cliff about Ricky Ticky a little bit. Right about how that came about um do you mind talking about that a little bit that was i mean all we did is we were getting pressure from everybody to write faster we're not natural songwriters i've said it many times and we're not that's why it takes us so long so um we kept people had people coming down on us saying to write faster and you know we need more material and we need it sooner and later uh, they didn't really give a shit about quality I guess they just wanted quantity and we've never done that like I won't give up on a song like if I think there's a good part on it so just for once we just said okay let's just write this song you know in half a day like there were little bits and pieces of it that were already there but it's ass backwards from the way they were originally written by by John and Cliff and um, we just wrote it in half a day and I was like if they're going to take that same approach with the music then I'm going to take the same approach with the, the lyrics and the vocal melodies so we just Shit one out. Yeah. <laughs> it was Ricky Ticky Tab. It's bipolar as hell. I think some one of the guys described that as kind of your fuck you song, like yeah. just kind yeah. of a <laughs> just fine, whatever here and Right, take it. And of course know. it turns into one of the fan favorites. I know. Well, that's what I say, it's like it, it it really is a testament to like the you know, the your guys' talent, man, because oh, thanks. If you can turn that out without really trying, dude, like Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the appeal, though. I mean, it's kind of quirky and, right. and you know. Yeah. I mean, the song structure makes no sense at all. We're, yeah. And we fucked around with that, too. Okay. Let's, after the, um, you know, let's just have this scream part. And I don't know what the fuck you call that. Just part A or I can't remember what we called it, part C or whatever. And then just uh, right after part C, just have a bridge. And then let's go to part C part again. Just yeah. scream. Just start yeah. screaming again. I don't know. It was fucking retarded. <laughs> it was ridiculous. There was no second guessing or I think that's how like a lot of metal bands put songs together. Oh, I think there's I mean? shit tons of metal bands that put music together like that. <laughs> Just throw darts at something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to find some way to make riffs work together. Which, yeah, I've been playing a band. We've done that before, with, like drawing lines on a whiteboard and like. These are like the notes that we're playing, and then just our drummer like closed his eyes and just like started erasing lines and like that's the new riff. <laughs> <laughs> just make it work. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> but um. Anyway, so um, you guys, uh, you know, recently lost uh, bassist and um, drummer, right? Right. How are the new guys working out? They're working out well. I mean, um, I don't know if they know what they signed on for, but <laughs> they're definitely going through their little hazing period. And they're, they're good musicians and kind of having trial by fire, you know? They just kind of 
jumped into it last minute. And we're thankful that somebody was that familiar with the material and that professional to just fucking learn it. That yeah. And they just came to practice and knew it. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Very good. So it was a smooth transition. How'd you find them? Um, we knew Ryan um, from Opus Die, um, and he's always he's I mean he's a great bass player, and uh, we always got along with him, so that's always important too. And uh, he's pretty pretty reserved and quiet too, which of course I like. He's you know he's not real extroverted and jumping around screaming and yelling all the time. Um, and um, Cliff found uh, Logan, and I I really don't know how he found Logan. Um, that would have that would have been a good cliff question. <laughs> that would have been a good cliff question. <laughs> so good. Um, any question would be good right now, right? <laughs> um, well, talk, just going back to Arrows and Acres, uh, compared to the previous album, it's you know there's kind of a more heavy, yeah, not just in like the song, but it kind of in the production also. Yeah, yeah. Was that something you guys intentionally went for to try and make it, or cool. is it just kind of the way it turned out? Uh, I mean, we knew we'd kind of get that from Barisi, and the material was already kind of that way, so why not just embrace it and go yeah. with it? You know, if it's no reason to hold it back, if it wants to be off the leash, then let it off the leash, you know? So uh, uh, that was one of the reasons why we went with Barisi, because he makes loud and mean, dirty albums half the time. I mean... He's made some really mean sound Melvin's record, uh, Melvin's record, and of course the stuff he did with Queens. And so like, yeah, it just made sense to not have it as polished and have it meaner, and ugly, and dirty. So we went with Joe, and that's what he does. He makes it rock and roll, and chaotic, dirty, and nasty. Cool. He has a lot of tooling around with just stuff he found around his studio and. Yeah, uh, I mean, we did like the hand claps and played screwdrivers and uh, um, the marks. I heard we heard about the marxophone. And, the marxophone, um, yeah, really. just about any weird instrument we could find that he had or any of our friends had in L.A. We tried to incorporate, and I, I can't even remember what all. Oh, he used. Wa- I mean, washboards, of course. And Amarillo, there's all kinds of shit we used on Amarillo, um, and. Uh, I can't even remember. It's been so long now. I've got a terrible memory. Um, yeah, we utilized just about anything we could and tried to find some way to make anything and everything work in the studio. Uh, we whistled into keyboards and transposed it. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> so like at the end of Loophole and Limbo, you hear this weird... It's Matt. He whistled in... Uh, it was Matt and Joe. I think they both just whistled into it and then really? exposed it, and then Matt played it on this. Wow. <laughs> so we did all kinds of weird shit on that album. Yep. That was awesome. And of course I used the... the um, megaphone? Uh, not the megaphone. I did use my little play school megaphone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, the voice box thing, we used that on it oh. as well. And I use it on the choruses too. You have to really listen to it, but I'm talking like I sing part of it through a um, guitar. Oh, talk box? Yeah, talk boxes. Oh, no Thank shit. You. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you listen real close back. to the uh, the choruses, you can hear. I mean, of course, I doubled it because I wanted it to sound mean. But then I did a third with uh, on some of the lines with the talk box. Oh shit. Yeah. God, I don't have to like really go back and like. I, th- I thought I'd like pick that thing apart right. already, but apparently not. <laughs> you have to really listen to it. It sounds wow. mean as hell too. 
But I kind of wish it would have been a hair above it, like higher in the mix, but then it might have sounded too like over the top, you know, not natural, which is an earthy kind of yeah. sounding song, so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We used, uh, I can't remember what all else we used, but we used tons of weird ass shit. And Joe is always insistent that there's a triangle hit on every album he ever makes. But of course, you hear that. If you listen to Amarillo, you hear this bing. He's like, that's going to go on the record at some point. It doesn't matter whether it fits or not. That's his trademark, huh? Yeah, that's one of his trademarks. He also has people play this, uh, this tacky-ass NASCAR-looking flame hat. And he's got this tacky-ass-looking NASCAR flame guitar that... Um, you're not allowed to play the guitar without wearing this retarded hat. <laughs> so, if there's parts where he thinks this guitar is going to work best for it, he makes you put on this hat. Yeah, it's, it's retarded. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, with it being the end of the year and all, what, give us the. What do you think? It, what was the high point of 2011 for you? I mean, just getting the album out. We didn't know if we ever, it, 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 that would have ever even happened. Um, we fought so hard to get it out there and starved, <laughs> literally, and um, just worked our ass off. So it, it, we're just stoked we even got that album out. That'd be easily the high point for, for us for 2011 was just having that album out. Could have got pushed better, promoted better, but you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Complain about it or accept it. It is what it is. The music industry is what it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah Douchebags like us tell everybody to know about it. <laughs> well, that's the only reason anybody's buying it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason anybody's buying it. Because yeah. the label's not pushing it. You know, and we're not getting any press from it. So it's it's all word of mouth. Sometimes so thank you. Marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You definitely keep your integrity that way. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to worry about losing that, though. Yeah. It's spreading by word of mouth. I mean, there was some radio airplay, but... Yeah, um... At it was our local station picked it up. Yeah, they really? played musical yeah. chairs, which... I remember when I heard it, I was I was amazed because they're not known for playing, like, good music, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, that's probably the best written song they've played in the last, like, five or six years. Is it an active rock station? Is it, like... Yeah, yeah right. but it's, you know, it's all it's all commercial stuff. Right. I'm, I'm probably... Got smack to stir okay. Yeah. yeah. But active yeah. rock, yeah. Actually, the, one of their more popular DJs is at your show with... Uh, yeah, Rich, yeah. Uh, last July, so... Yeah. I want to say I met him. Yeah, Ross. Ross yeah. 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 Yeah, um... Yeah, I was I was just amazed when they played that. I was like, I, it was on the Fourth of July. We were driving to see fireworks with the family, and I was like, everybody, shut up! I'm gonna crank this. This is awesome. They're playing this on Kilo. Oh my god! <laughs> I think it's on their Facebook. They do a crank it or cram it whenever they get new stuff. Right. They ask people if they want to, you know, whatever. So they post. They're telling me about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You guys got a lot of crankets. Yeah. Well, we've been so fortunate. There's been a few. We've had a couple DJs that just won't quit on us. Damn near risk their job to play. So it's not because the label's down their throat; it's because they're down there. Radio, the radio stations throw it. The yeah. DJs are trying to play it. Any uh, any other albums or anything that's really caught your attention this year? Um, not really. You know, I'm out of the loop. I guess I kind of take it for granted. I'm around music so much that 
whenever I'm home, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know? That sounds <laughs> shitty to say. No, dude, I relate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Before we start doing the podcast, I was totally that way. I just, like, totally, there was, like, too many bands to keep up with, and I just, right. I just fell out of the loop completely. Right. But, um, so what do you, what do you do to keep busy then when you're... I was telling you one time, like, you know, I listen to a lot of stand-up. Um, oh, cool. Uh, all right. Uh, work when I can. Um... Do anything I can to stay busy. Cause, yeah, uh, I'll go crazy if I'm idle too long. Yeah. What are some of your like favorite stand-ups? Um, well, really, all I've been listening to recently are all the um, the XFM uh, radio oh, sessions okay. with uh, old Pilkington, with old Carl Pilkington and oh, huh. Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais. So, okay. if you ever get a chance, to, it's pretty. Carl Pilkington's pretty fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he is. Do you watch Science? Have you seen Science yet? No. Yeah, uh, he's got a new one. Well, it's not real new, but he's got a new one uh, out called Science that you'd really dig. Yeah. It's real funny. I'll yeah. check that out. Yeah. Cool. He put out a book called uh, Flanimals. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> he put out. He's got like three or four of them, and they're pop-up books. But they're, <laughs> So they look like they're for kids. We actually, my wife and I found it in the kids section of Barnes and Noble, but it's, he, he made up, and, and I don't know, he, he's, he's almost like Lewis Carroll in, in the way he, in the way he wordsmiths and right. just makes up, you know, like the, like the undersplenge or something like that, like right. the name of this creature, and, and it, it has like these, these disgusting creatures with like 60 nipples coming off their <laughs> stomachs and shit, and he just talks about the, like the weird shit these animals do, and it's, it's completely disgusting, but it's hilarious. He's fixated time. with all that fucking uh, Discovery Channel animal shit. Like yeah. All those, those funny animal facts and shit like that. He's always talking about that or got something about it. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why the British have cornered the market on being able to just be so clever with the way they, you know, put that shit together. It was like, you know, just watching that. I just immediately thought of Lewis Carroll. Right. <laughs> looking glass, you know, just the, yeah. You know. The, wordplay and the rearrangement right. and stuff like that just oh he's yeah, brilliant he's hilarious so cool well um probably let you get back to see I'm not that interesting what? no <laughs> no we're, we we always just end up running out of stuff to say like well oh, that's cool right on <laughs> well okay how's 2012 looking what are you guys going uh, 2012 what I want to do I, I'm not really sure I've kind of I've kind of told them this than this, I, I think because we've had to go through two members starting to try to find new management and all this stuff has gone on, nobody's going to be interested in picking up a band that comes with that much drama or seemingly comes with that much drama. So the only thing that's going to sell the band is more material. So I think the smartest thing we could do when we get back home is try to write another couple demo songs to get out there, get people interested, let people know we're still writing. And that that seems like the smartest route to go to me. But uh, Arrows and Anchors didn't get pushed that well. It is what it is. So uh, again, we just have to really accept sucks, that. Really sucks. It's a great record. I know. Thank man. you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. It's probably but, my top five of the year. Honestly. Yeah. Thank even you. like with with all the other metal stuff. Yeah. Like I I put we we do a thing on the on the um, podcast where we kind of like shuffle each other's um, like iPods and I, right. uh, you know whatever. 
and kind of see like, well, which which is the better song or whatever. And I would put all of your songs up against any metal song. I mean, the way you guys Thank write you. is just top Thank notch, you. man. So yeah. it's good to hear. I mean, I was I was we're trying to kind of compile our year end list, you know. And I I think last year I had a top thirty. And yeah, I promised <laughs> them I'd whittle it down to like a to like a top ten. But uh, yeah, I mean, your guys is the DLCs, at least in my top five. What was the other one? Oh, DLCs. Service. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I've been obsessed with them like for most of this year. Yeah, you know, great band. Yeah. Oh, uh, you I should talk to like Tom or somebody. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll see if we can get them on snag somebody. Yeah. They're fun. They're way more articulate than I am. <laughs> <laughs> They've always got way more to say. <laughs> yeah. Y'all should holler at Tom or Kim or somebody. Yeah. yeah. We talked to Kim the last time. It was kind of, like I said, <laughs> geeking out. <laughs> Can I talk to, um, yeah, talk to Tom. Man, this is he's a sweetheart. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Thank you all. Well, good luck on the rest of the tour. Thanks. We'll need it. Rest of the yeah. year. And we'll need it. Looking forward to the show tonight. Yeah, hopefully yeah. I can get some of this crap out. Pump them halls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs>